1: My name is Deborah Fitzgerald, and I'm the editor of the Peninsula Pulse, and you're listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Today, my guest in the Bailey's Harbor podcast studio is Andrea Nikopolis wellecki Welcome, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you traveled up from Sturgeon Bay today to talk with us this morning about some really interesting things. Yeah. Now, Andrea is a Sturgeon Bay resident. She also has recently moved her Egg Harbor businesses to Sturgeon Bay. Yes. You opened them up, really kind of a soft opening late last year, but a full opening this year.
2: That is correct.
1: So you are a cosmetologist, and you do that out of one of your spaces on 3rd Avenue. I do. Under Emerald Lion Alchemy. That's right.
2: So what is the genesis of that name? Well, I... You know, I juggle a few hats with my business and launching my business this year, I also am a practicing astrologer and I'm a Leo. So Leo the lion, it just seemed to really fit. Leo is ruled by the sun and my chart is ruled by the moon. So I incorporated the sun and the moon in my logo. Also the alchemy. I Googled green lion uh, just because I thought, well, my birthstone is peridot, being born in August, and that's a green. But peridot lion didn't really sound right. And then green just sounded too... Basic and you know I'm a Leo, so,
0: <laughs> so you
2: you put a lot of thought into right, this, name. So. Yeah, and so Emerald sounded really pretty. I thought, well, okay, let me just look up Green Lion, see what that means. And actually, the Green Lion in Tarot, eating the sun, is a representative of alchemy, alchemizing your inner self to a full radiance. And it just seemed to completely fit with everything that I do under the umbrella. Or the auspices of everything in the esoteric arts is healing. Hmm.
1: So, you may have gleaned by now that we're going to be talking about one aspect of your business. So, and, and that is the astrology part. You are a practicing astrologer. I am. You also have your dance and movement studio on 3rd Avenue. It's Studio 234. So, we covered all three aspects of those really in last week's newspaper, The Peninsula Pulse. So, if you wanted to read more about her, then you can. But today we're going to be talking about astrology. So, yeah. tell me, when did you become an astrologer?
2: Wow. Well, that goes back to early early days. I remember when I was a child just being really fascinated with the astronomy, with the planets, with the esoteric world, with other other realms and you know, just interesting rabbit holes to dive down and and think things that were really retrospective.
1: And so what is astrology and what does an
2: astrologer do? So, wow. You know, it's a really big question, Deborah. Astrology is so many things. It is one of the most ancient forms of studying time. The horoscope or horoscopus is a Greek word that really talks about the first house in the chart, which we'll come back to more when we get to houses. But astrology is is a dance. It is a mirror of as within, so without as above, so below. And that is a quote from Hermes Trismegistus that some 3,000 years ago. So the ancients studied astrology. The three wise men who knew that the Messiah was coming was all based on studying the planets and their locations and timing. So they were the magi, they were astrologers. And the kings of Ancient times would refer to their own personal royal astrologer to know when the best time was to, you know, hold council or, or go to war. So it's been around for two thousand, three thousand years, and uh, the type of astrology I'm studying is Hellenistic astrology. So it is of the ancients. It's been translated, delineated from ancient astrologers like Ptolemy and Etius Valens. And, and there's so many.
1: So it it's at its basic level, it's the study of the planets and where the planets are in the solar system and how
2: those configurations impact us on earth. It's the study of the planets and how, and those configurations and how, I want to correct the word impact Mm. because the planets are not doing things or causing things to happen. They are like omens or significators, like signs. Like you're walking in the forest and you see a bird and that bird is a sign. So they have energy signatures. Each planet has its own energy signature and represents a list or a magnitude of things, so very multivalent, and it is a correlation of our psyche, so it pulls in how we are internally, how we are externally, how we are in the world with each other. Astrology is, it can be a very introspective psychological practice, then there is the mundane or the global events that also unfold and we can see how they correlate with the energies of the planets. So then the correlation with the psyche. So that would be as above so
1: below. So below as within, okay. so without. So the correlations. So can you
2: unpack that a little bit? The correlations sure. with the psyche. What sure. does that mean? Like for example, we may have a strong signature of Mars in our chart and Mars, you know, is going to fall. We all have the planets in the chart, each one of us. So most frequently you would say to somebody, you know, what is your sign? And people usually know their sun sign. But do they know their rising sign? Do they know their moon sign? Do they know where Saturn is? Do they know where Venus falls? And each one of those planets has, again, that list of energies. So, for example where your sun is the sun represents your purpose or your plot in life it's the diamond it's the soul it's your inner calling if you will
1: and that's where everybody reads their horoscope i am a you know a pisces or a scorpio so right. people pretty much know that part of it
2: right okay but then where is mercury mercury represents how we think how we communicate and if you are say for example A Gemini, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And so most often people with a strong Gemini in their chart probably work in newspaper, probably um, work in some kind of communications. They might be really good with their hands. They may have a Gemini moon, maybe not Gemini sun, and maybe they're a musician Hmm. and maybe they're a guitar player because they, again, play with their hands. But back to the psyche How we feel and how we respond to different things in our life and how we connect to it can really show up in our charts and how we interact with others too
1: so that's you know what triggers us our emotions so those energy signatures that each of the planets have might be associated for instance with a certain emotion Yes.
2: Um, maybe Mars is more angry. Angry or action, you know. So okay. there are no bad planets. There are no bad signs. There are no bad aspects. Everything, and then again, there is no there is no good, quote unquote. So everything is, if you think of everything as energy or dual, like the, the, the dyads, duality, having and holding both sides of, of all those energies. We have, to have, we have to take action. Mars tells us, you know, it shows us how we naturally are going to take action and where that shows up in the chart. Okay. So what do you do as an astrologer? As an astrologer, I study the planets. Every morning I open up the chart of the moment or the chart of the day, and I look and see where that is and how that correlates to my placements in my own birth chart. So you use it daily
1: for your personal life.
2: I do. Okay. Mhm. It helps me to I feel come from my best self and to really self-study and then to be more at that observational place.
1: So reading that daily chart, is it more of a science or more of an art or a little bit of both? It is both, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So then, what do you do for other people? Say, I wanted to get a chart reading. Right.
2: So, when. Which I do. Absolutely. Wonderful. (laughs) I can't wait. When somebody orders to have their chart read, I need to have key ingredients. We need to know where you were born, where on the planet, because that is going to correlate with the degree of the turn of the earth. The Mm -hmm. earth turns two degrees. Every hour, so you might be born, you know, here. You might be born in California. That's going to change your chart. That makes sense. Yeah, what time you were born is very important. I can still do a chart reading without the time, and there is a technique called rectification where you can find out really close to the time. But if uh, if you know the time, then you know it's like putting the key in the lock. Everybody, again, knows their sun sign for the most part, but they don't really know their rising sign. And their rising sign is really the important one. Why is that? That is like a pinpoint of where the horizon was at the moment of your birth. And it immediately puts all the planets in your chart in place. Hmm. So we know where Saturn was for you. We know exactly where the moon was for you. Now the outer planets are not gonna change so much depending on the time because outer planets take much longer to move, but the moon, it will change. And the moon is a very key part of our chart because the sun is our purpose. It's our plot. The moon is our environment. The moon is how we feel. The moon is connected to our mother and our home and our roots. And I could keep going.
1: Oh, sure. And so the ascending sign is very important as well, or the rising sign, that's what they call the one. So people would fill out, it's a form on your website, they would fill that out and they would order their chart. And then what
2: happens from there? So then we set up a time, an appointment time, and I take about an hour or a little bit more to prepare for a chart reading ahead of time. It's something I take very seriously. To me, also, astrology is spirituality, it's divinity. So it's a sacred window. It's looking into your oracle of your cosmic blueprint. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo. And I love it. Let's be <laughs> woo-woo. <laughs> so yeah, it, when I create that time with the client and we can either meet via Zoom and everything is recorded so that you can reflect on your reading afterwards. Or we can meet in person, which I like to do. I think that's much more enriched, but I can do either way. Okay. So then there are there's
1: that cosmic blueprint, which happens yes. when you're born. hmm And then as you go through life, does that change as the planet's move around and change? Or how does how do you work in that energy field as you oh, move
2: through life? I love that, Deborah, And <laughs> such a, a great question. So yes, as we go through life, the planets are still up there. And they're still moving around. And that's what we call aspects. So they are, if you like, I like to think of it like actors on the stage. And if we're all kind of standing on the stage in a different formation we can see each other a little differently, and those sight lines have different characteristics. So as certain planets move around your chart, you have monumental points in your lifetime, or you can. If you think of Saturn, Saturn is in ancient times, it was the furthest planet that they could see. So everything ended there because Mm. if they couldn't see it, it didn't exist right mm-hmm. so Saturn um, in traditional astrology is the last planet and it represents endings it represents maturity it represents boundaries and we have our first Saturn return every 29 approximately 29 years now we have a solar return every year and that's our birthday hmm we have a lunar return every month. The moon goes around, which is the word month comes from the word moon, moonth. Hmm. Hmm. And mood, moon, you know, and it, it correlates with your mood. So, Saturn, you have a Saturn return about 29 years. And think about what happens at about 28, 29, 30 years. We really pull on our big girl boots, you know, Oh, sure. Like, things start to happen in our life that really say, okay, now we have to uh, really step into adulting. Maybe we become a parent when we're Saturn. And all of a sudden now we have more boundaries that are, we're tethered to, if you will. There's more structure. Those are all Saturn words. If you just put any ST word, you can pretty much connect that to Saturn. Mm. Strict, structure, stability. Mm. So all Saturnian. Then there's the outer planets, and those are more generational. Right now, what we're dealing with globally is really connected to a Pluto transit. Hmm. The United States is coming to its very first Pluto return since we became a country. Interesting. Yes. And what does that mean? What, is, what mood does Pluto create? Right. So Pluto represents fear. Pluto is all about purification and transformation. And so in this time, you know, we can see that things have kind of spun out of balance, if you will. And we can kind of feel like, what is this world coming to? Well, Pluto first stepped into Capricorn in 2008. And we can kind of look back at life events, what was happening then. It was economic crash And since 2008, there's been, you know, kind of, a some astrologers would like to say an an awakening, an awareness of what needs to be purified. What's not working? Where are we not functioning with stability of something that is sustainable? How are we not sustaining? How are we out of balance? So what needs to be purified? Pluto comes in and... Again, it's not, the planets aren't doing it to us, but sometimes the wording kind of sounds that way. So sure. Pluto can represent the clearing of like a demolition, hmm. tearing down the old structures that are not working. Structures, Capricorn. Hmm. Pluto, lifting up the floorboards to show the rot, if you will. That's like a really good analogy. And then... Sounds like, it sounds like danger. <laughs> Pluto does. sounds dangerous. Pluto can be heavy. But when Pluto is tapped into in a very, what can Pluto do for me in a positive way? It can be pretty amazing because that is the representative of the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm -hmm. Complete transformation. The butterfly in the goo and then becoming a butterfly.
1: So the last time that Pluto was,
2: and what did you call it? It moved into fancy word in astrology is ingress, which literally means just to enter. So Pluto ingressed into Capricorn in 2008. Pluto is in Capricorn until Pluto first steps out of Capricorn, March of 2023. Then Pluto will do a retrograde dance where Pluto will dip back into Capricorn before exiting completely. So I really feel like this big transformation that we are experiencing and seeing, we're going to see some more, some definite lift around 2024. Around 2024. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So
1: now I know that there's a lot of global instability. There's a lot of divisiveness within this country, There are two completely polarized political parties that seem polarized to the point of stasis. So nothing is moving and yet everything is divided. Right. So does that align with what is happening in our solar system right now? And is it mostly with that? Is Pluto the bad guy here? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, again, I wouldn't, wouldn't refer to the bad guy, sure. but I would say that Pluto came together with Saturn at the onset of the pandemic. And when Jupiter joined the party, that was when we had our first case of COVID showed up. Saturn represents darkness and Pluto is also in that dark, and I don't mean dark like evil, but dark like the light. If we think of, again, as energy, and really astrology is very connected with the light because that's what the ancients had to look at, is day and night, and the days getting shorter, and the day is getting longer. So bringing it back to your question, when an energy is, when we see a lot of dark, happening or negative we also see an opening or an opportunity for the other side so when the dark is of the darkest we can also see more light you cannot see the dark without light right or the light without dark right exactly so it's just like the yin yang you know it's the the dark in the light and the light in the dark so it's holding both qualities
1: so there could be an annihilating force and it wipes everything out, and then things start over again. So, you
2: know, Mother Earth is pretty darn amazing, and I really think that a lot of this is Gaia not doing well, you know. And we, like, again, everything is connected, as above, so below, as within, so without. We are part of the Earth, and when the Earth is sick, we're going to see things like disease, things like strife, out of balance, spinning out of balance. And what we need to come back to is homeostasis. And I really think that astrology helps with bringing us into that place of the eagle's perch, the observation, looking within, becoming more awakened and having a better sense of consciousness. And I think it's really asking us to, how can I come from my very best self?
1: Hmm. Is there, in that what you see happening right now, is there, what is the hopeful message for the future?
2: Well, this again might become a little woo-woo in the answer, but I'm completely embracing it in my studies and the astrologers that I turn to and seek regularly. There is something else at play here, and this is the, they're discovering other planetary bodies that are called Kuiper belt objects. They are dwarf planets. Some of them are actually bigger than Pluto. They have energies that are represented on the quantum level. Hmm. So beautiful, beautiful things. Homea, astrology as well is also archetypal story. It's based on archetypes. And so Homea was able to birth out of any part of the body and regenerate and Hmm and create food where there was land was waste and barren. And there's more, but without getting too deep into it, I think these these beautiful energies are really presenting an opportunity for us to see, again, new earth, new earth, and, and to really realize that our thoughts become manifest. And so the more we, and Pluto represents fear, the more we are in fear the less we are awake and open to a place of peace. So I think we can come back to that place of peace with, again, that introspect contemplation coming into our our own inner psyche and seeing how, again, we can come from our best okay. place with each other, with ourselves, and, and be conscious of our thoughts. So now you must... Come across a lot of skeptics in oh,
1: this yeah. line of work, and yes. so when they say astrology isn't real,
2: right? What do you say? Oh my gosh! I just say try me. You know, let let's just look at your chart, mm-hmm. and and it's just things that happen. You know, you just can't make these things up.
1: Sure, so. and even the
2: biggest skeptic will kind of perk right. up when you start. Talking about their
1: sun sign and what their horoscope is for sure. that day, right? So people yeah. do instinctively, I think, almost have an interest in it, and something resonates.
2: Yeah, I think people are curious to know more about themselves, and and even like how can something like this reveal something like that, you know? So I think part of the skepticism also feeds into the discovery or the research. Like, okay, if you don't believe it, research it and prove it wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? So I find within myself, you know, if there's any part of me that was, you know, like, oh, could this even be a thing, you know? And then the more I research it, the more I'm so awakened to it more again and again. Hmm. It's like I fall in love with it every day, and and I'm constantly mind-blown, which is why it's so fascinating for me and keeps me really engaged.
0: This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee Counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. So now
1: you became very interested in the planets and astrology at a very young age. And I imagine that that interest is what guides most of us to the professions or the vocations or the avocations that we have. But then what happens once you decide, you know what, I'm going to be an astrologer. So is there a
2: school for it? Do you go and get a degree, a certification? How does that work? So you can. You can actually now get a degree. I'm not sure when that became like an official thing where there was a you know regular accredited school that has an actual degree program. There are some in England, and there is one in Seattle, I believe. It's Kepler College. Hmm. Oh, That I makes went, sense. I would love to go there someday. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I'm actually studying with an incredible astrologer, uh, Bhava Das. He is from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he's also a bhakti yogi. And I just can't say enough good things about him. He's just such a humble, real, vulnerable, courageous human. Is it a mentor system? And you Is it you find a teacher or? So I found he was offering, he has his own school that he created, and it's called Nightlight Astrology. And I just finished my first year with him, and now I start year two in a couple of weeks. And... Year one, really, and it's his focus is all uh, ancient astrology, Hellenistic astrology. There's many branches of astrology, and there are many systems within the systems, cycles within cycles. So, you may have somebody that that studies Ayurvedic astrology or evolutionary astrology, um, hmm. you know, Hellenistic astrology, and they're all valid and they all work. And I've studied a few different styles of astrology. Just casually, um, I'm part of a group called Astrology Hub. And uh, I actually, last year, I have to share this, last year I entered a contest that Astrology Hub was offering and it was was called Astrology Hug. And it was part of their weekly weather report that they would put out every week. Hmm. And they were asking their listeners to write a letter, a love letter to astrology, what astrology has done for you. And instead of writing a love letter, I wrote a song based on, instead of the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 signs of the Zodiac. Oh, cool. And (laughs) Do you
1: want to sing it for us? I
2: I will hold off and spare you. I would would rather dance to it than sing it. Um, But I won first place, and that won me a one-year membership with the inner circle which is a group that astrology has created where you have every month a different lunar guide and the lunar guide is a master astrologer and with that month you have a new moon forecast a new moon ceremony a mastery class and a full moon forecast that sounds very cool lots of information lots to absorb my binder book is overflowing. I need to go get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. So uh, you don't really have to have a certification in order to say you're an astrologer or to offer chart readings. However, I do feel that everything I come to, I come to with a code of, of ethics, reverence, and grace. And I do feel like working in in a practice that especially is you know encompassing with the psyche and you know you can have a bad reading words can be powerful you can tell somebody something and it can really send them spinning for their whole life they can attach to what this astrologer said you know hmm. and and it can be upsetting so i don't take it lightly it's very very serious to me again i just i feel like it's something that needs to have a proper study around because it is something that is so, so poignant, so personal, you know, you're really potentially helping somebody and giving them a sense of it's, you're not a therapist, you know, if something really needs therapy, I support that. So, you know, I'm not a therapist, but it is therapeutic Mm -hmm. and words can be very powerful. And so I really respect the client. I hold a safe container. Completely confidential. And with such a responsibility, I really feel like something like that needs to have proper training. Sure. And so seeking out really great, competent, high-quality masters mm-hmm. is something that I want to carry because that's a responsibility to bring it forward in the most authentic and responsible way, really. Sure.
1: So there's really two aspects to it. You're reading their chart. You're looking at what their personality could be based upon where the planets were and where they are right now. Right. But then you're also delivering that information to them, and perhaps it's not really good, or right. it's not information that a person would want to hear about themselves. Like, what do you do if you look at somebody's chart and you're like, oh boy?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> I would never say oh boy, and I, that's not that's no dig to you, Deb. <laughs> It's, I don't think that I ever say it either, but you right. say weird things well, when you're on the
1: podcast.
2: Yeah, well, even in your mind, I mean, I might say that in sure. my mind. I might really look at that and go, wow, they're really going through a rough patch in their life, or I can see it. Now, I can't necessarily see exact, but I can see themes. And you
1: don't really know how they're reacting to that. Right. Because there is always the thing that you're facing the external circumstance environment person mm-hmm. but what that represents is not responsible for how you react to that environment right. your reaction to that you're responsible for right so i guess you couldn't know even if you look at their chart and say they're going through a rough time you don't know if that's maybe energizing for them or right. they're able to handle it or they're just spiraling down and
2: out of control right it's really hard to see and so there's another word for what is astrology astrology is a dialogue mm. astrology is a language and when you go back to is it real and do you believe in it? It would be like I would put the question back to you. Do you believe in French? Do you believe in Spanish? Because it's another language. It's a decoding of language, the language of the stars, the language of the energies, the archetypal energies. Hmm. And yes, with, with the client just holding that space Holding that space and giving them that reverence.
1: So I was asking around the newsroom, you know, people were saying, oh, ask this, ask this, when they knew that I was going to be talking with you today. So, see, everybody does have this interest in astrology. But one of the things that someone asked was, what's the
2: best sign? And what's the worst sign? Yeah, a lot of people are curious. So again, there are no there are no bad signs and they're all great. What's the easiest sign? They all have wonderful, you know, fascinating energies about them. Okay. I can just give you a little little overview. So, you know, Aries is the baby of the the astrology wheel. Aries is the first sign of spring. So it's, it's the warrior. It's ruled by Mars. Aries is going to take charge and be really great at initiating things, getting things started. Aries might not be so good at finishing the project or sustaining with it, as well as maybe Capricorn would. Because Capricorn is really going to climb that mountain, like the mountain goat that Capricorn is represented by.
1: So now Aries is, now that's my spouse. So um, it pretty much, you pretty much nailed them. Yeah, that's my spouse too. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: She's an an Aries.
1: So then that is from March to April? Correct. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... So March to April timeframe. And then April to May is... Taurus. Taurus. Yes. The bull. Yes. Taurus the bull. And so... Does the bull... uh, Just a little sidebar here. Do the symbols that we have for each of the signs of the zodiac,
2: are they the star shape? So those are called glyphs. Hmm. And the glyphs, there's actually a whole unpacking on the representation or the meaning behind the glyphs. And if you think of, I think, you know, I'd have to go back and and reference my notes, but if you think of like the circle as like earth or the whole, and then the cross, like in Saturn, you have the cross with the backward S. It's like the, the cross of matter. It's like what tethers us to the earth. And Saturn is that very earthly it's it's the end in you know ancient astrology so it's that that what's tethering us so they truly are symbolic symbols these oh, glyphs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there's so, much deeper meaning in the glyphs okay so then
1: mm-hmm. the bull let's do a little synopsis for right. each one of these the bull Taurus. okay yeah
2: so real briefly the yeah taurians like to know that they have something that they're familiar with. So they don't really like a lot of surprises. If you think of the bull, just really beautifully enjoying this wonderful grassy meadow. And I really don't want to get up and move because it's very comfortable here. Not to say that the bull is necessarily lazy, but the bull likes comfort, creature comforts. The bull is, the Taurus is ruled, And you could say ruled, or you could say hosted, is a a much nicer word. Hosted Hmm. by Venus, which Venus represents love Hmm. and beauty, things that taste good, smell good, feel good. So Taurians really like their creature comforts. Okay. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And so Gemini is a dual sign, it's a modality that is called double bodied. And so Gemini can be very much in the head. Mercury is, you know, the, the thinker, the communicator. So Gemini can be very busy, 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 busy mind and very um, quick to communicate, maybe really a fast, fast talking, fast thinking, fast with their hands, likes to move around. They can be very fun and playful because Mercury can be the, the trickster and playful and see both sides of things. I see yes, and I see no. I see it's black and it's white. So that's my ascending sign, Gemini. Okay. Yes, okay. full disclosure. <laughs> well, that really makes sense that you're okay. working in newspaper yes. and okay. communications. So cancer, cancer is my rising sign. It is. And All of my
1: family members are cancers. Really? I'm
2: surrounded by cancers. So water, water, yes. water, water, lots of emotion. Cancer is associated with the moon. And the moon is how we feel. And if you think of cancer, the crab, cancer likes to hide in their, in their shell. You know, They, they want to, they're very, they can be homebodies. They like to feel comfort through home, through privacy. They're not necessarily going to go at something directly. If you think of the crab, it kind of moves a little side to side. I'm going to assess the situation before I go into it kind of thing. And the moon is is emotional. So cancers can maybe tear up a little easier. So But they don't show it. So it must be like concealed
1: in that crab shell. Because I have so many family members who are cancers. I could say that yes, the emotion
2: is deep, but they don't show it as much. Sometimes they can hold that in. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, that that can be a shadow side. We like to say again, there are high vibrational energies or you know, quote unquote good. Qualities, which I uh, like to say more, just favorable, and some things can be more challenging. So, yes, it's good to to let out the emotions. Okay, and then next is Leo, Leo, which is you. So, Leo's my sun sign. Okay, and um, Leo, you know, likes to be the center of the stage. But then it's interesting because, again, even though I am a sun Leo, my Cancer rising really plays into i can see like the makeup of me and so sometimes i'm actually shy and i know a lot of people would probably laugh at that and say what not you andrea (laughs) but um yeah i can i can be comfortable when i'm on the stage but there is that barrier of that separation So that
1: might be why sometimes people will read their horoscope or read their sun sign and
2: say, you know what, that doesn't really sound like me. Exactly. And it's because there's another big factor there, and that is that rising sign or even the moon sign. The moon sign plays a big role. Or maybe they have a stellium, which is a bunch of planets, three or more in a sign. And so they may have a really strong Virgo energy, even though they're a Leo sun and a Taurus rising and... A Gemini Moon. Okay. so so what about Virgo? So Virgo, Virgo is also ruled by Mercury, but in a different way. Virgo is an earth sign. And so a lot of Virgos that I know are either they work with the earth, they work with the body. Mercury likes to take things apart in Virgo, measure things, the science. I have a very dear friend who's a Virgo and she's an acupuncturist mm. and works with holistic. Chinese herbs, that's very, very Virgo, that earth sign and the weighing out and the details and the measuring, so of, of Mercury. Okay. So Libra is also associated with Venus or hosted or ruled by Venus. And so again, we think of that love and beauty, but in Libra, Libra is an air sign. And so air is communication and if you think of communicating and then you blend that with beauty and love. So the energy of of Libra can really be associated with the arts. Mm. With every way that you can possibly communicate without words. Although you could incorporate singing and poetry. But think of, you know, painting, think of dancing, think of musical instruments. And then uh, characteristic, Libra is is balance, so harmony, and that's also a Venusian word, is bringing things together in harmony and peace. Okay. So they say, they actually say that Libra is like the nice Aries, which is really kind of a dig to oh. Aries, <laughs> um, but Aries is the first sign of the first half of the zodiac and then Libra is the first sign of the second half of the zodiac which is representing the social planet or the social signs okay not that the other ones aren't social but yeah that's kind of how it plays out in the in the chart wheel okay and then Scorpio is Scorpio next uh, yes okay. so Scorpio they always say is you know the complicated sign and it is because I've noticed
1: that in my life. I've had several Scorpios in my life. Yes. And they are very much complicated.
2: Right. Yes. Deep is a a good Scorpionic word. Scorpio is associated with Mars, just like Libra, but Scorpio is a water sign. So when you put fire with water, you get steam. Mm. And think of the cauldron that that boils molten hot liquid, so liquid fire. So it's, it's somebody that's able to go deep, somebody that is a, has a strong Scorpio signature. Maybe they like to work in forensics hmm. and uh, talk about things or look at things that might be kind of you know, disgusting to some or hard to look at or hard to talk about. It's also associated with Pluto and it's a water sign, so it can be emotions and, and raw. So, mm. yeah, little little uh, complicated when it comes to Scorpios. Okay. But, yeah. And then after Scorpio. So, after Scorpio, we have Sagittarius, and Sagittarius is a fire sign. It is ruled by Jupiter, and... Sagittarius can be like a truth seeker, can be very charismatic. Sagittarians, they say, you know, the Sag is like to have fun because they can just, it's that fire that just can have no inhibitions. You can just stand strong and shoot because it's the arrow. You can shoot that fire, that fiery, fun, optimistic. Jupiterian words like optimism and Larger than life. You know, that's very, very Sagittarian. And that's the weird glyph of the half
1: person, half Right, it's a centaur. a centaur. centaur. So,
2: yes, half human, half horse. Horse, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tina Turner was a Sag. Okay. And so she has a lot of Sagittarians. Maybe they have really, even their physical body, you may see that... They have really strong thighs mm. or they can run long distance. And, you know, you think of Tina Turner mm. dancing on stage sure. or you think of, you know, somebody who's just like a long distance runner. They may have a strong Sagittarian quality in their chart. So then next is. Cap- next we have Capricorn. Capricorn. Capricorn is another earth sign. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And if you think of, you know, Capricorn is climbing that mountain, so it can be very goal-oriented, having that Saturnian connection with putting down the nuts and bolts to make things happen. Very practical, because Earth is, is practicality, things that are practically going to work and manifest in the world, so... Yeah, you can see that in a in a Capricornian It even person.
1: sounds like the name Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So
2: after Capricorn is after Capricorn, we have Aquarius, and Aquarius is uh, another air sign. Aquarius, it's kind of a if you say you know we said Scorpio is complicated or deep, the Aquarius can be kind of different, if you will. Aquarius is also connected with Uranus. And Uranus is like the maverick, the awakener, kind of the weird, if you will. Hmm. I think of a nice character to kind of represent Aquarius would be like Doc from Back to the Future, hmm. or Kramer from Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Aquarians are the humanitarian sign. Hmm. Sometimes you might even say, and this can kind of be a little a little bit of a dig, but you might be able to relate to it if you're an Aquarian is. I love humanity, but I don't like people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my best friends is an Aquarian, and that sounds an awful lot like her.
2: <laughs> there can be a little bit of an aloofness, but then sure. they, they love the humanitarian, you know, they maybe fight for humanitarian causes. I'm an Aquarius moon, so I can see that within myself. Of, I used to fight on the behalf of animals. I mm. used to cage myself in a crate, to protest veal in front of a did you an Italian restaurant oh and my I used gosh. to picket for Citizens for a Better Environment when I was in high school so it's very Aquarian
1: huh interesting mm-hmm. so that's a that's a completely other
2: podcast for right. us <laughs> yeah. are we no we've, we've we have got one the more ver- the very last last but not least oh, Pi- right. Pisces always has to wait to the end sorry Pisces I am a Pisces yes are you <laughs> I am I can see that. So Pisces, oh my gosh, such a beautiful sign. Pisces is a I water sign. I shouldn't have told sign. you that.
1: <laughs> Pisces
2: is a water sign and Pisces is also associated with Jupiter. Pisces is very intuitive. It can be tender and very like the epitome of compassion, really. If you think of think of the core of Pisces, it's being compassionate. I'm 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 trying to come up with some more Piscean words. And and at this very moment, I'm finding it humorous because Neptune is also associated with Pisces. And whenever you're trying to come up with things that are associated with Neptune, you can get lost in the fog, which is such a Neptunian quality. And I see that in a lot of my Pisces friends, which I actually have quite a few of them. They can easily wander down that rabbit hole and get lost in the fog.
1: Yes I, I do that often with stories.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: it's beautiful. <laughs> yes one rabbit hole after another. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well Andrea I, I could probably talk to you for hours and hours but we're, we're going to stop that here and I think it's a good place because we've gone through the entire zodiac we have. So people were probably you know driving and listening until we got to their sign because we know that everybody really loves astrology right. whether they admit it or not but but this has been really fascinating to learn more about the science of astrology as well as the art of it. And you can tell, that both of those things coexist just hearing you talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's been a pure delight.
2: Mm, and if delight anybody, has been mine. Thank uh, you. If,
1: if anybody wants to order a chart from you, then they can find you at Emerald Lion Alchemy. Again, I'm talking with Andrea Nicopolis wellecki And it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. And until next time. Thank you.